With Pesach approaching, Tour Plus is offering the English-speaking public a fantastic experience in Israel's leading hotels. Tour Plus has a stellar reputation for being the most professional and experienced hotel operator catering to the Orthodox community. We pay special attention to kashu standards, providing glat bahadrin kosher food, and shmura matzah in each hotel. Visit us online at www.tourplus.co.il and click on English at the top. That's tourplus.co.il. Tour Plus, for the complete vacation. Shalom and welcome to all of you who love God, Torah, and Israel. This is Noahide Nations on Israel National Radio. I'm Jim Long, and on the other microphone, hi, Ray Pedersen, how you doing, sir? Hey, Jim, I'm doing great. Glad to be here as always, and welcome to our listeners. Yeah. Good to have you here. Yeah, you know, uh, Ray, we always have to kind of default to to those who possibly are just tuning in for the first time, and so uh, I I would like to uh, turn the microphone back over to you very briefly, and uh, for those of you who don't yet know, who are just discovering the concept of of a uh, of Torah concepts for non-Jews for those of you who are drawn to Torah and and to uh, all the depths and the riches and the beauty of it uh, and and you're thinking about converting but you think well maybe that's not for me there is something called the seven laws of Noah and Ray what are those seven laws that mankind is is asked by the Creator to please uphold what are they? Well, the seven laws, and right before I get into it, I'm just going to add to what you just mentioned, that uh, one of the dilemmas that uh, uh, mankind is faced with is the lack of knowledge of these Noahide laws. And consequently, when people look to leave their current belief system because they know there's something wrong with it, they may or may not know exactly what's wrong with it, but there's just something wrong with it, the next step seems to be to convert to Judaism. And oftentimes, they find themselves in a situation where it's too difficult. And because they don't know of the Noahide laws, they wind up finding themselves back in the previous belief system, whether they want to believe it or not, they yeah. usually go back for 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 the the social side of it. Yeah, the community it, it, that we talked about last week. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So, but for those of you who are are new to the idea, new to the show, the uh, seven laws were given uh, to. Well, I should say six of the laws were given to Adam. Right. First of all. The seventh law was given to Noah after the flood had receded. And my friends, these laws are, quite frankly, they are the only roadmap to peace that exists in the world today. And those seven are, and this is just a basic thumbnail sketch, the first one is not to commit idolatry. There's also do not commit theft. Do not commit murder. Do not commit blasphemy against God. Do not commit adultery, and adultery is actually expanded into any type of sexual immorality. You're not to commit anything along those lines. Uh, We are not to eat the limb of a living animal. And then finally, to set up courts of justice, to seek justice predicated upon these seven laws. Right. And the idea, of course, is uh, some of you listening may say, you may say, well, you know, I want to go on to Judaism, and of course, we would never tell anybody not to convert. God forbid, if they if they really have a longing to join uh, the the people of Israel to become part of the community of Am Yisrael, you know, 
please do this. But if you have uh, a, a feeling to be drawn to Torah, but you don't want to take on the yoke of Torah, uh, I, I don't want to speak for the Creator, but I would say He would say to you, uh, that's fine. You, you only have to keep those seven laws. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, earlier, I think you said something about world peace, didn't you, Ray? Yes, I did. Yeah, well, and I think I think we that's a, hope, may, may it happen in our time. Amen. <laughs> and and the reason that uh, I think that's a great segue because we have a a very interesting guest that we want to get to today, and I think that's a, a perfect point to jump into a discussion with uh, our first guest uh, today, uh, a gentleman by the name of David Jassy. Uh, he's based in New York. Uh, he's the head of uh, DMJ Productions, and his experience in the broadcast and television and, and production realm uh, spans a career that uh, goes all the way through CNN, MTV, CBS Television, Fox, PBS. Uh, he continues his career by specializing in producing content uh, for such high-profile uh, uh, clients as Redken, Smith Barney, Bristol Myers. But David, who, by the way, is also an observant Jew, likes to focus a lot of his talents in the area, in the realm of nonprofit. And, of course, he, he founded, because of that, he founded an organization called Torah Wisdom Productions. And he's used media to teach Torah-based uh, truths. And his efforts include uh, a conversation with Rabbi Avraham Tversky, uh, how to raise happier children, uh, a deeper reality. What is a Jew? And of course, the focus of today's show, a wonderful documentary called World Peace According to the Seven Laws of Noah. First of all, David, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's very nice of you to have me on the show. I really appreciate it. David, before we get into talking about uh, this particular documentary that, that uh, Ray and I saw some years ago, we're very impressed with, I, w- I want to ask you. Um, we in a kind of a pre-interview earlier in the week, we talked about the fact that you are about Shuva. And for those of you who don't know, uh, about Shuva is someone who, of course, uh, it comes from a Jewish background and uh, was not very Torah observant, rediscovers the Torah and literally returns to the faith of his fathers. And if I've given that as an accurate description, David, could you tell us a little bit about your journey back to Torah? I think it's very similar to what Ray was describing about looking for truth, and that's the most important thing. And when a human being, Jewish, non-Jewish, hears somebody speaking the truth, you want to hear more. And basically I was brought up in a fairly traditional Jewish background, but it was like one of these sects off to the side that kind of left things out. And when I walked into an Orthodox shul and heard the rabbi speaking, it was very attractive. And I kept going back. It was on the Sabbath. It was on Shabbos. At that time, I was driving there. It was nobody's business. I parked <laughs> around the block. But I'd come back every week to hear Rabbi Al-Ghazi in Forest Hill speak, who's a wonderful rabbi originally from Argentina. And it was just captivating. And I went back every week. And the people were very, very warm and hospitable. And eventually, I stayed for the Kiddush afterwards to have a little wine and cake and talk with people. And then as time went on, I... I ended up staying over people's houses and stopped driving and keeping the Sabbath. Uh, David, let me ask you this. Is there anything that you, could, you can put your finger on? Is there a component of, of, of Torah that, that literally uh, reached into your heart? Or, or was it just an overall, uh, the, the, the overall truth that comes from Torah? Anything in particular that stood out for you? A hundred percent. I was uh, 
having very nice pina colada parties. <laughs> I was teaching gym classes. I had a nice stream of lovely girls that I used to date, and it was going just fine. <laughs> but if I was going to be more traditional and having a wife and a kids and a family, it wasn't really going to happen. So we have varying degrees of religiosity in my family, and just using people as role models, and you see the people who are more religious and more traditional, they had a traditional family around the table, and the other people were usually single, having a very nice time, but not a very deep and fulfilling life. So in my mind, in order to have a family and to have more of that tradition and the family life that I was looking for, I had to become more traditional. And being Jewish, I went to my own tradition, and I went deeper into my tradition, and it's very fulfilling. David, uh, has there? Uh, can I ask you how long ago all this began for you? This was about 15, 20 years ago. 15 years, okay. Now I'm married for 12 years and have four children in Baruch Hashem, a, okay. a Jewish home and, and children around the table. And a lot of the folks I grew up with, unfortunately, who are such nice people, are in that same situation I was in. They're having a nice time in America, living a fairly good life, but they don't uh, have a traditional family or anything like that. How has this impacted your, you know, I'm, Ray knows this, and, and uh, Ray comes from kind of a media background. I, I'm involved in, in production. Uh, I came out of broadcast radio originally before uh, we got into, into video. Uh, this had to have affected your, uh, your work relationships, going from someone who is, uh, if you'll permit me to say so, a Jew in name only, to, to a, a tour observant you. How did this impact your relationship in, in the broadcast and television realm? Well, it's funny. You raised very good questions. You're very good, Jim. <laughs> You're hitting all the, the important points. So career-wise, I went from being on islands, uh, videotaping women for bathing suit shows, and I used to do fashion, hair, makeup, and runway, and all my friends who used to hear me, uh, what I'd be doing for a living, they'd say, can I carry a light? Can I come <laughs> along? And now, years later, I don't know if you're familiar with Siam Hashas. That's the celebration of completing of the Talmud, which takes seven and a half years. Mm -hmm. And they run a very big party in Madison Square Garden. And there are at least twenty to 40,000 people at different venues, including New Jersey and the Garden. And uh, it's a big Jewish religious celebration. And now my new friends are saying, could I come and hold the light at that? So I went from doing makeup, model, hair, and beauty to doing much more of helping people who have, God forbid, we should know from cancer. I've been, I just did a streak of four Jewish yeshivas around the country. Uh, I flew to Texas. I flew to Chicago. And I'm, you know, now respected as a person who produces very good Jewish educational nonprofit films for schools and universities and nonprofits. Now that's so that's, that's that's the company that you started, or I'm so, sorry, it's actually an organization, nonprofit. It's called Torah Wisdom Productions. Is that right? That's uh, an offshoot. What I described was the path of DMJ Productions mm -hmm. that came from the secular world, as we described, and moved into doing a lot of nonprofit educational films. Now, aside from that. Having discovered Judaism, and it's still 15 years later, the best thing since French toast, I can't believe that there's not broadcast quality educational programs 
on everything that the Bible or the Torah has to offer. Yeah. So about five years ago, I formed a nonprofit organization with the goal of producing broadcast-quality Jewish educational films to share the wisdom of the Bible with everyone. Right. Hey, David, let me let me jump in here a minute, Jim, because I'm, I'm stuck on this word tradition that you used uh, a couple minutes ago in, in finding your way back to Torah. And I know that we, as, as Hashem's creation, we, we need those kinds of things. It, it, it's a structure, if you will. And one of the uh, tough things for us as Noahides right now is that we don't have a lot of traditions that we know of. I mean, we're still discovering these as we go. But I, I bring that point up because the thing that I found most fascinating, once I got past the dilemma of not having any traditions really to speak of, as I studied Torah more and more, I realized it really wasn't about the traditions at all. It was rather about a lifestyle, a way that Hashem chose for us to live. I shouldn't say He chose. We get to choose it ultimately. But He provided the means. He provided the instructions via His Torah in which we could have a, a, a harmonious life uh, with our families, with our uh, uh, neighbors, with all of the world. And I'm just curious, in, in your studies, once you got past the tradition, did you find it the same in Judaism as well? Well, we had so-called traditions and things the family did, but without the, the books, and you need that they go hand in hand. People in any religion do things, but things get lost and things get confused and things get distorted. So it has to be hand in hand with a guidebook. We're just going through the holiday of Hanukkah right now, and it's a perfect example where we lit the candles. We were close. And the fun, you know, and getting all the rules and the and the prayers right. It turns out there are rule books <laughs> and there <Yeah>. are guides <laughs> that you could follow. That I was like, I can't believe this is written down, and I can't, you know. <laughs> so, you you need a combination of both. Uh, everybody picks up warm, wonderful things from their families and their things in the Torah that des- describe how, like Eliezer, who was the servant of Abraham, picked up amazing things to say the least from living with such a holy and righteous person so you certainly pick up from being around the right people around the right teachers and then you need to open the books (laughs) of course uh in case you just tuned in you're listening to uh noahide nations here on israel national radio and we're having a fascinating discussion with uh david jassy of uh new york-based dmj uh, productions uh, he not only is a successful producer of videos and, and uh, documentaries, uh, he's uh, a Balchuva. He came out of a very uh, a very sectarian kind of world and, uh, and, and made his way back to Torah and, of course, uh, began uh, his uh, Torah Truth Productions. Or did I give the name of that right? Is it... Um, um, oh, it's Torah oh, Wisdom Torah Productions. Torah Wisdom Productions, and um, what was the uh, what was the idea? What was the genesis be- behind forming uh, Torah Wisdom Productions, and, and what kind of success have you met with that? Originally, I had it branded as Just Ask TV. It was a little hard to understand, and people couldn't follow what it was, and it migrated to Torah Wisdom. But originally, Just Ask TV is curious about love, life, anything Jewish, just ask. It turned out, on my journey to become religious, I found wonderful outreach rabbis 
who were able to bridge the gap between that man only speaking Yiddish and having a long beard and being uh, studying the Talmud in the base Medrash. And it, it, it bridged the gap between being an American and those religious people. There are all these religious rabbis in the middle that are part of Asha Torah or part of Gateways or Hineni or National Jewish Outreach. These people were so amazing at making the Torah make sense. It was it was a mystery and it was a secret and nobody answered the questions and I you asked these people and they had great answers for your questions so I was like and I still am the same way this is amazing <laughs> yeah why can't we put them on television so I would take a camera crew around you know when I uh, and I would put my camera down in front of a rabbi and I would start asking him my questions anything from come on rabbi isn't Judaism male chauvinism to isn't a bris barbaric to what is a Jew to I don't get it. I never saw fire breathing at a wedding before. I just went to my first religious wedding, a Hasidic wedding, and they're juggling fire. What is this? <laughs> so every question that you could ask, there are wonderful people who could answer it very well. So the idea is put them on TV. The next thing behind it is you have to see tradition, and the Torah warns us all the time about how powerful the eyes are. In the basic prayer, Shema, it says, Lo You shouldn't go after your eyes, Man. right? Everything comes in through the eyes. So TV and the visual meaning is, is medium is perfect. If you see somebody lighting the Shabbos candles on TV, if you didn't have it in your house, you could see it on video. If you explain the laws of Shabbos to somebody, they'll think you're a little strange. But if you could experience it a little emotionally on a film, it makes all the difference. So to me, this is the best medium in the world to, to share warmth, emotion, education, and the truth of Bible. David, you, you know, obviously... David, oh, no, go sorry, ahead, Jim. Right now. Well, I was going to say, you touched on something that is, for me, when I, when I first heard about this and i was taught this as well it, it just touched me deeply and that was the the flood that took the whole of mankind uh, and of course noah and his family survived and to find out one of the main things that was going on why why people were so destructive is because they visually saw all of this going on and it became part of their their lives and yet we find that the fish in the sea all the sea life remained alive and why because they did not see the sin visually and so Hashem allowed the sea life to live and I found that absolutely fascinating uh, just from a standpoint of, of from what you're saying it's so true the eyes are the windows to the soul and boy we have today we have a lot going in that is not good well and also Correct. yeah the other thing David that you reminded me of is the idea that that uh, even even in, in the court of, of uh, a Torah uh, Court using the Torah as its its basis for laws, one of the uh, one of the things that's so important when a, a crime is committed is that there are witnesses. And why that's if, if I've learned anything about Torah uh, that is correct, it is that it is a terrible thing to sin in public because you're in essence you're teaching people to sin. Would you would you characterize that as right? 
Yeah, that's correct. You're, you're, you're doing your lessons very well. Well, thank you. <laughs> We're talking to David Jassy of DMJ Productions. Uh, he, he is, of course, a, a gentleman who has uh, spanned uh, the experience of working for the likes of CNN, uh, MTV, CBS Television, Fox, PBS. Uh, David, did you ever, coming from this production background and having these wishes, when you finally uh, began to recognize the the importance and and the uh, the vital role of Torah for the literally the salvation of the world, did you ever take any of these program ideas and and pitch them to the networks? And if you did, were you met with? Uh, well, you probably were. We can guess. But what were the reactions if you did do this? I am caught up on. Fortunately, or whatever, the reality of how Hashem has made my life is that a good portion, of the majority of my time, is doing my production company, and I would like to move full time into the Torah Wisdom Productions, because the time I have spent trying to pitch these ideas to everybody, it has been Baruch Hashem wildly successful. Whether I showed the deeper reality to uh, uh, an ABC producer who thought, it, which is on Kabbalah which was all based on Torah truth and religion and rabbis and very religious and all that kind of stuff. He thought it was a tremendous program, and he wanted to hire me to work with him. Then I offered it to a secular distributor, and Deeper Reality is now in 1,200 stores across uh, America, including Barnes & Noble, um, because it is well-received when I get it out there. And I think there is a huge calling for the truth and for healthy and good programs. The world wouldn't survive if it wasn't for the fact that people are good. There's mamish, uh, a spark of God in everybody. This is not me speaking. This is just the truth. And people are very good. And people recognize the truth. What I heard a long time ago was that the media focuses on the deviant minority. And it really is the major- minority. The majority of people are good, and I think they love these types of things. And with God's help and a little work... We'll get it out there. Can you tell us, uh, if it would be a fair question to tell us uh, very briefly, very quickly, what, what your most successful uh, production has been so far of, of all these videos you've mentioned? Well, I, I'd say they're all successful in their own way. Um, when we did the educational video on the covenant of Abraham on the bris, when somebody says, I had no idea and I probably wasn't going to do a bris until I saw your film, that's wildly successful from a spiritual point of view to make such a huge difference with a video. When it comes to something like a conversation with Dr. Rabbi Avram Tversky, and the first month we offered it, we moved 500 pieces, um, that's wildly successful to me. Sure. When that uh, Kabbalistic uh, video got picked up by a national distributor, that's wildly successful. And when I got a call from you folks and you're inviting me over here, and I've heard that this film has played at Noahide conventions, the video we're talking about, of course, is World Peace, and that it played at conventions in front of all these people, that's beyond my, my expectations, you know. You set out to make a film and do the best job you can, and when you hear people are watching it and being influenced by it, you can't help but say that's amazing. When we come back on the other side of the break here on Noahide Nations, we're going to talk to David Jassy about that one particular documentary he, he just mentioned. And, of course, it's called The World Peace According to the Seven Laws of Noah. So stay tuned. We'll be back after this break on Noahide Nations right here on Israel National Radio.
You know, prayers here at the Western Wall just seem so much more powerful. But not everyone can get here. Now you too can pray at the Wall no matter where you are with Western Wall Prayers. Western Wall Prayers will employ a full-time tourist student to pray on your behalf or on behalf of a loved one for 40 days straight at the Wall. If you need a special prayer for income, children, or healing, visit westernwallprayers.org. Cut down on time at the airport. Introducing the ultimate airport experience by Menasha Sofair's Airport Service. It's the first of its kind. The VIP meet and assist shuttle guarantees a completely stress-free traveling experience to and from Ben Gurion International Airport. Online at msofairairport.com. Tell them you heard about it on Israel National Radio. Menasha Sofair Airport Travel, Speed and Service. M-S-O-P-H-E-R airport.com. We're here with David Jassy. I just want to welcome everybody back and uh, thank David once again for sharing his knowledge and wisdom with us. And David, you mentioned in the last segment uh, talking about lifestyles, and I know that this is uh, one of the difficulties that we as Noahides have to grapple with uh, when we start hearing the truth. Because like you said, there is a spark in all of us. Hashem made us in His image, and that spark never goes away. And you're exactly right. The media dwells on the minority of those who choose to go against Hashem's way rather than the positive of those uh, walking in, in Hashem's ways. Can you share with me your opinion of why you believe the world is is in the state that it's in? And I shouldn't say the world, but mankind itself, with all the, the, the corruption, the, the theft, the murder, just everything that we hear about in the news daily. I mean, it exists at levels probably never before imagined and only headed for a larger scale. Well, before I give you the answer, I want to tell you where I'm going to get the answer from. You know, all this talk about me, me, me sounds like this has, this lifestyle and this career has been up to me, and it's really all from God. Not everybody sees it, but it's very clear, because I went to college for engineering, and I ended up in television. And I started editing fashion programs, and I got approached by Lubavitchers to do videos for them. And I got approached to do World Peace, and I got approached to do um, Deeper Reality. So you just asked me the question, why do I think the world is in this state? And the answer I'm going to give you is from having produced the video Deeper Reality. All the rabbis answered those questions. So from their perspective, which is now my perspective, which is a Torah perspective, it's quite straightforward. Why is the world in the, the state it's in? And the answer is, number one, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Borei Olam, the creator of the universe, wants to give us free choices. What kind of life would it be if everything was a no-brainer? Everybody likes to earn things. So we have to earn everything we get, and that's why we have the choice. Number two, which the rabbi explained to me in that tape, is that we're going through, it's like a pregnancy. The first 6,000 years, we're going through labor pains before the seventh uh, cycle, which is the Messiah or the Mashiach, which is world peace. So the rabbi told me it's like a pregnancy, and all this is... It's, when you read the truth, when you read the Bible, when you read the writings, it's all very comfortable because this was all predicted. It's not a surprise. 
you know, I asked a rabbi once, why do you believe all these writings are true? He said, when the Jews were in Israel for 700 years, and everything was going perfect, and there it says in the Bible, you're going to be expelled, you're going to be sent around the world. They read it with complete faith. Everything was going well, and it said right in the Bible that they were, the Jews were going to be sent all around the world. He said they believed it. They were early on in the story. We're late in the story. Everything that the Torah says is going to happen has happened. So I hope that answers your question to why there's all these problems. Number one is man has to have free will and choose and earn it on his own. And number two, it was predicted that we were going to go through 6,000 years of a pregnancy before the, the perfect world of the Mashiach. Well, you know, David, the, the way I've, I've sort of tried to understand God's plan uh, with finally getting into Torah and, and learning it and getting really the, the broad, broader overview uh, of how free will uh, allows us to function in, in the physical and the material realm, somebody once asked me, they said, well, if God already knows how it's all going to come out, how does free will work? And, and uh, <laughs> David, help me if you think I'm on the wrong path when I give this answer. My answer to that person was, well, it's like it's it's like somebody who plans a big uh, football game, and they already know how it's going to turn out. They already know who's going to win. You get to choose which side uh, you're, you're going to root for, so to speak. Uh, that's <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds very good to me because the question is better than any answer I could give. I think that's the most difficult question that everybody in religion ponders, and you could go into for not an hour program, but a, a lifelong program. Yeah, you know, they. Uh, I watched. A re- speaking of documentaries, since we're all kind of in that that realm, uh, I'm, I'm sure. Did you see the documentary called Expelled? That was uh, done by with. Uh, uh, the gentleman, uh, I can't think of his name right now. Ben, um, is it Ben Nye? But I don't know. He, anyway, Tell me he, about it. I don't he, know he, it. He talked to he talked to the world's most famous atheist. I think his name is Christopher <laughs> Hitchens, and it was amazing. This guy has written a bestseller for people who don't believe in God, and and finally at the end of the documentary, uh, Ben asked this this English gentleman who does not believe in the Creator. He said, "If you did believe in a Creator." What would you ask him? And and I have to tell you, his answer was stunning because it showed how close he was to the truth and didn't even realize it. You know what his answer was? It was, right. I would ask him, why did you do such a good job of hiding yourself? Ah. <laughs> and if anybody who knows Torah, who studied Torah, that you would immediately go, Christopher, you're that close. You know, yes, because that's a question. Exactly. Yeah. But I'd like to share with everybody, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. Talking about all these subjects, when you bring up the word atheism, I have to say, listen, the God they don't believe in, I don't believe in either. Because in Judaism, there's 70 names for God. And when you talk about the creator of the universe and all these other things, it's so deep. And to give a very Americanized Anglo-Saxon definition of God, you see a man in the sky with a beard, you know, with a (laughs) stick and a spear, and it's 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 immature, it's childish, it's shallow, it's like not having much of a vocabulary. It's very deep stuff. Yeah. You know, of course, I don't believe in that God that they're talking about either, because it's very man-made. It's not the Bore Olam, the, the creator of the universe who makes my child's heartbeat when I hold him. Like, how is this heartbeat going? Where is it coming from? Yeah. It's very deep. See, the real question in my mind is not whether or not there's a God. The real question is how much 
am I responsible to him? What do I have to do? What kind of interaction? It's a no-brainer to say, yeah, there's this unbelievable power that created the universe. The real question starts is, what's my achraya? So what's my responsibility? Yeah. That's the question. Whether or not there's some amazing power, you don't have to be religious. You could say, yep, it's beyond me, there's something. The real questions are, what does it have to do with my day-to-day life? That's where, you, that's where the questions really should start. Not whether or not there is some amazing power that runs the world. Well, and David, the thing- you, you are, David you're, you're so right, because we as Hashem's creation, and particularly here in the West, tend to want to put everything into a box. We want to control it. We want to manage it. And that ex- that extends into uh, religion, if you will. It's remarkable that here on planet Earth, there's over 10,000 acknowledged religions. And you, you got to sit back and de- just with delirium wonder, how can this possibly be? There, there can only be one God. And yet, because of this whole uh, uh, necessity for man to put things into a box so that we can manage it, now we kind of see the end result of that. And I, and I have to tell you, and I really want to get into this World Peace DVD, and I, I want to jump into it right now because I have to share something personal. I've, I've never shared this with anyone. But when I was uh, uh, coming up with Noahide Nations, I knew I was going to do it, but I didn't know what I was going to call it. And you and I talked way back when uh, about your DVDs, and we're going to have them on the website and going to be selling them. And even then, I didn't have a, a name for this organization. And when I received your DVDs and sat and watched your World Peace film for the very first time, I was awestruck, and and, and, and and your film is what inspired me, and I have to say Hashem, too, because I couldn't have come up with this on my own, but it was your film that inspired me to go with the name Noahide Nations, and really? that's what I ultimately went with. Yes, I, I have to, to tell you, without question, your World Peace DVD is the single most powerful 13 minutes of film I have watched in my entire life. Even to wow, this very so I moment. I have to stop you speak. in your tracks then. I'm sorry to stop you in your tracks, but I have <laughs> to say, it's not my DVD. Rabbi Itzhak Gansberg, his memory should be uh, for a blessing, walked into my office and asked me to do that film. And he left it in my hands. It was very sweet of him. He supplied me with all the rabbis. I produced that film for him. Wow. I'm sorry well, if that wasn't clear. No, that it's in in fact it's the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned because it is an absolute blessing and and for me that watching it for the first 13 minutes for the very first time I just sat with tears in my eyes my heart pounding and a name for our organization it's really? remarkable what did, and I just what did need... you like so much did you like the the open uh, or did you like the straightforwardness of the presentation or I mean what struck you. <laughs> I, let me just let me just say all of the above. The music, oh, yeah? the music was heart touching and 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 at points heart wrenching. The the subject matter, of course, but I think at the end of the thirteen minutes to sit back and say, my gosh, really? this is literally the roadmap to peace. Hashem knew exactly what he was doing from day one of creation, and here <laughs> it is. 
and okay. and that's what that's what I found so remarkable about it. it. It was so easy to understand. It was put forth in a very simple, basic way for all mankind to to, to grab a hold of right away. And there it was in thirteen minutes. It was it was remarkable what you what you gentlemen did in thirteen minutes is stunning. It's totally awesome. Hey, David, you want to know how that happened a little bit? Yeah, please. That's that's what we'd like to find out because the thing is is by the way, if you just tuned in. Uh, uh, to No Hide Nations here on Israel National Radio. We're talking to David Jassy of DMJ Productions, and we're talking about his wonderful documentary uh, that we saw uh, some time ago, but it's it's still worth seeing. It's called World Peace According to the Seven Laws of Noah. And excuse the pun, David, but can you talk a, a little more about the genesis of, of that project? <laughs> yeah, sure. It was, it was a lot of work, you know, to get it down to the 13 minutes that uh, Ray described. Because the first thing before you do the first edit is we were trying to figure out the direction of the piece and so forth. Sure. And I was doing it like an educational documentary and asking a lot of rabbis a lot of questions. And I didn't know exactly how it was going to come together. And then Rabbi Simon Jacobson, who used to be a sofer or the scribe for the, one of the scribes for the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who has a Meaningful Life Center in New York City that they just opened up, and he also has a book called The Meaningful Life. He was one, he's like the star of that show, and he communicates very clearly. And one of the things that Rabbi Jacobson said in the midst of doing this project on camera, he said that the Lubavitcher Rebbe said, it's not so important about the messenger as it is the message. Because I was going to go into this whole thing about the role of the Jewish people in the world, and God created all the different people, and just like a baseball team, different areas of expertise. And I was trying to explain, originally I thought I was going to explain the place of the Jew in the world and everything, and then he made it very succinct. It came across, he said, the Rebbe said, it's not about the messenger, it's about the message. So that's how it became very straightforward and just give over the message that's you know after the open and now as far as the open is concerned it's called siata deshmai it comes from heaven who knows why but that's my idea you know different people fantasize about different things but my fantasy was world peace so i figured there's not and i heard different things about how it would be when world peace would be they said something about a four-day work week so you'll see a little you know, blurb in there in the open about people are not going to be working as much. I mentioned the Internet because uh, there's a thing about technology explosions in the hidden books of uh, Judaism called the Zohar. You know, so I put things in about that, about how uh, the Internet was going to explode. That was the time when the Internet wasn't doing anything, where it was a, where it was a real bust. So anyway, I, I learned different things about the future, and then as best as possible, I painted the future in the open. And then, like I said, it moved into that very straightforward presentation of just saying what it is. Well, David, I don't want to get too far along into the interview, be, because we want to be sure and remind everybody that they can still get this this wonderful documentary. And uh, can they order it from DMJ or from, from your other organization, the uh, Torah Wisdom Productions? How do, how do people get a copy of of world peace. Torahwisdom.com. All right. Okay. World and peace. I and I would Click like on it. Order it. <laughs> order it now. Or operators are standing by. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to point out is that the thing that I love about the documentary is first of all it's the it's the quickest 13 minutes that you'll ever sit through, but it's a wonderful tool to uh it's it's a very quick way to introduce your friends and 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 your family 
who want to know more about this concept of the seven laws and and really how vital they are to to, to mankind. Because you know we you know Ray and I and and others listening to the show we get asked this question all the time. What's a nullhide? What are the seven laws? Why is it important? And if you're so if you love the Torah so much, why don't you convert, etc. And um, we we it, it's it's this is a great um, uh, tool to be able to say, look, watch this. You'll understand everything. It'll open everything up for you. And but the thing that I'm curious about is um, when you began the initial production, uh, did you know that much about Noahides or the concept yourself? Definitely not. This little Lubavitcher man, Rabbi Itzik Gansberg, who walked into my office and said, Mashiach is here, you just can't see it. He had me do these uh, two films, and I don't know, I didn't know anything about it. And I, it's like I do research as I go, and they give me the experts, and I start asking all my questions. Similar to the genesis of the whole idea of Torah wisdom is there are people who know. You know, why do we have to keep it a secret from people? And just, if you don't mind me adding one other thing, in the beginning of the program, you asked me, like, why I became religious, and one of the answers is to have a family. And one of the biggest difficulties facing Jews and non-Jews alike in America and around the world is families and relationships and getting married. And it's really almost a sin, the fact that we do have this biblical wisdom on relationships and the proper way to have relationships, on the proper ways to date, on the proper ways to get married, and it's kept a secret. And people are left to go to bars and go on trips and go to singles events, and that's not what's prescribed. There's very traditional seicheldic or, you know, logical ways that are taught in the Bible of how to do this. And, you know, it's very frustrating when you see a lot of people out there struggling with something as basic as love, marriage, and dating, uh, when the Bible has answers. And I'm not talking about, like, shallow answers. That's another reason, if you don't mind me saying, why I'm trying to produce these programs in mass on biblical education, is because there's a very big misconception about what the Bible has to offer. Growing up in America, it was very evangelical, and ooh, and there's a God. You know, and when you really start learning and you look on the insides of the books and they talk about homosexuality and they talk about bestiality and they talk about jealousy and they talk about affairs, my reaction was, I can't believe this. I only thought it was about, you know, wine and Kiddush and Shabbos and Sabbath and fasting. But the real Bible, or assuming you have the oral tradition, the Gemara, the Talmud, to go along with it. If you read it in the simple English, it's pretty shallow, without the commentary of what was going on at that time and what this all means. But once you learn the real commentaries and you go in depth, it makes a huge difference in your life. As you guys know, otherwise you wouldn't be involved. Well, yeah, the, the reading the Torah, simply just the text, w- without without the oral tradition and the Midrash and, and all of the other wonderful uh, uh, collective part of Torah. I, the, the best example I've ever heard is it's it's like reading uh, the notes of music on a page. It's just the notes, and you don't hear the music. Or the wow. other one is uh, the it's it's like the, the text is like reading the notes to the lecture, and the lecture is the oral tradition. Right. So the, the, and they left out most of the the good stuff. Yeah. You know, if you if you don't, you know, I was I was shocked. 
when you look into the real commentaries where this, they suspect this one was improper with that one and this one, and, you know, they're not going to teach that to children in day school. So most people stop at day school and they get the very superficial reading and they never get into the adult version. And that's why when they become adults, they're not interested because they've only heard the child version. Yeah, well, Ray, wouldn't you agree that, that, that if you try to stay, especially the, the, the Torah portions that we're in uh, these next few weeks, uh, telling the story of Yosef and his brothers and then to the end of the of Brashit, uh, I think Ray would agree with me. I mean, if, if you don't have the, 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 the oral tradition, the Midrash and, and, and uh, the, the Torah Baal Pei, uh, you're going to see what you think are a lot of contradictions. Don't you think so, Ray? Absolutely. Uh, you have to have a teacher to teach. Uh, we can be you know, left up to our own devices. We can see what happens because, as I mentioned earlier, uh, on planet Earth there's over 10,000 religions. Why? Because of poor interpretation of the truth. As you know, many of these religions stem and grew out of what we call Judaism. Um, and it's it's sad, but left to our own devices, this is exactly uh, what occurs. And in fact, it, it kind of leads me into a question I, I, I have, in fact, rather a statement, David. One of the things about your world peace uh, film that was very profound for me anyway, it was the TV journalist, Joanne Chang. Uh, who grew up in a, a, a society where God was unacceptable. The government doesn't like this whole idea of God. You know, heaven forbid we give people faith and hope. But, but, but what struck me was how leisurely we as mankind and, and the liberties we take with catchphrases. And unfortunately, world peace has become a catchphrase. If you recall all the, uh, you know, Miss USA, Miss Universe back in the day, every one of those contestants got asked, what would you do if you were Miss America? Well, I would work to bring world peace. And, 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 and so now it's just this catchphrase. And she said something so profound to me and in such a meaningful way, and that's that we must believe in world peace in order for it to even have a possibility. And she said it in such a way that it just it struck that chord with me that, you know what, she's exactly right. I'm going to start changing my mind right now that we can have world peace but we have to all work together to do it. And your film provides the means in which to do exactly that. Hey, David, uh, we are, I, I hate to be the bad guy, but we are literally uh, running up against the clock and we're running out of time. So uh, we have to close out today's show. Uh, can, I'd like just one last word from you before we go. And very briefly, as quickly as you can, uh, let everybody know once again uh, where they can get uh, the DVD, whether it's, where it's available. And uh, we, we will have to say goodbye after that. So where do they get World Peace According to the Seven Laws? of Noah. TorahWisdom.com on the internet. It's an e-commerce store. You could just order it. Okay. Ray, uh, I, we, I we want to thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you inviting me on the show, and I really appreciate all the flattering words. Of course, it all comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Amen. creator of the universe. So I want to thank God for, for my life, for everything, and for your kindness in having me on the show. And you should be Matzliach. You should be successful in bringing good words and good good thoughts to uh, anybody and everybody who listens to your program. So that Raba, and, and thank you very well, thank much, you. David. And, and Ray, thank we you. have got to go, so I'm going to give you the last word. 
The Noahide Laws, my friends, are literally the blueprint for life. And always remember, regardless of your circumstance, always look to the heavens. Hashem is in the heavens waiting for you to go to Him. Go to Him, because He's always looking out for you. And until next week, I'm Ray Patterson, and again, for Jim Long, see you next week on Noahide Nations right here on IsraelNationalRadio.com. My name is Mike from Washington, D.C. I started to have prostate problems about 10 years ago. I had to get up four or five times a night, and it left me tired all day. I work in the legal field, and I couldn't sit for more than an hour before having to ask for a recess. After taking the optimal product for a month, my symptoms almost disappeared. I can't tell you how happy I am to have found this product. Apuntima capsules made only in Israel. Go now to www.preso.com. That's P-R-I-S-S-O dot com. For the past 40 years, Baruch Nachshon has been creating his colorful paintings in the holy city of Hebron. There's nothing like his paintings. His paintings are one of a kind. Now the picture of your dreams can be in your living room. Click on www.nachshonartstore.com and Baruch's symbolic, surrealist, visionary creations can be yours. You have golden hands, you use them. And he has golden hands. Baruch Nachshon lithographs, posters, books, and more. Bright, colorful, intense visions of Hebron, Jerusalem, and other Jewish themes. That's www.nachshonartstore.com. Baruch Nachshon is a genius in his work. 